What's good, everyone, and welcome to episode 97 of the Playconomics Podcast, where we break down the business behind your favorite video games and our favorite video games and provide you with financial context for industry trends. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Mascari, and joined with me today, as always, is still not Bobby Kawicki. But don't worry, we do have a message from him regarding the Sony showcase that you are not going to want to miss later on in this episode. But for now, Let's get into it. We had an extremely light news week. So we're going to take this time on the Playconomics podcast to dive deep and give you our 100% full review of the Sony showcase that just happened. And if you're watching this, you've had a couple days to digest it. You've had a couple days to take in some content, think about it, but we're going to give you the correct opinion about the Sony showcase. And before I let Bobby talk, and I have a snippet from his CIA black site that he's currently at, I want to give you the highlights for me. And then he says a couple things that I want to comment on, so I'm going to wait for my full, was this a successful, and how did Sony let this showcase happen for after Bobby's conversation. So first, highlights. Immortals, of Avram, and I think that's how you say it, looks pretty cool. Looks like basically a first-person Forspoken, which I think is really weird that Sony developed these two games. Like, these two games were developed at the same time. They're almost identical in the, like, magic slinging, different types of magic, very high fantasy world. One is first-person Immortals versus third-person Forspoken. Hopefully this game does better than Forspoken, but it basically looks like if you took Skyrim and Forspoken, basically if you made Forspoken a Bethesda game, you're getting Immortals, and you know I love me some Bethesda. 100% in on this game. Not necessarily the greatest game I've ever seen, but it's something that I will most likely play. Ghost Runners, another game. Looks fantastic. Not overly excited about it, but happy to see it. And then we got Phantom Blade. It looks like a Sekiro Wulong knockoff. Not really anything for me there. Metal Gear, Metal, new Metal Gear Solid content is always welcome. The intro trailer was fantastic. Obviously knew that was going to be Metal Gear as soon as it started playing. Absolutely fantastic. Love to see it. And it's coming to Xbox. Then the highlight of the show for me... Final Fantasy 16 looks absolutely amazing. It is the only thing on this sh in this showcase that receives a 10 out of 10. Anything that you can show me at this point regarding Final Fantasy 16 is just increasing my hype about this game. And there's not much else I can really say about it. Final Fantasy 16 has been on my watch list since I got a PS5 a couple months ago. And it will be my most played game on my PS5 by a long shot, I guarantee it. Uh, Alan Wake, I've never played any of the Alan Wake series. Looks cool, 100% here for it. People very excited on social media for it. Good to see it. Assassin's Creed, 
I don't know why they showed Assassin's Creed here. It's obviously not an exclusive, but but this looks like an Assassin's Creed 1 or 2, and I love it. I absolutely love it because I was getting a little tired of them moving away from the cloak and dagger aspect of Assassin's Creed, and I'm really, really glad they brought it back here because it's back sandy desert type um, environment he's back in his normal gear he's not a viking he's not a gladiator he's not a the millions of different iterations of assassin's creed this looks like a back to the roots fan developed assassin's creed and it has the possibility to be the best assassin's creed that we've had in 10 plus years at this point uh grand blue Grand Blue Fantasy looks like any other JRPG. Looks fine. Not 100% in it. Dragon's Dogma 2. Awesome. Going to be great. But when the hell did we get it? No release date. Little frustrated about And Bobby will go into it a little bit more in his segment. But no release dates from Sony. And Marathon. Marathon was another highlight for me. It's going to be a live service Bungie game a extraction shooter something that bungie has been something that bungie tried to develop before halo obviously scrapped re-emerging so excited for it has a hundred and ten percent potential can they execute on it and i think bungie can but with that i'm gonna turn it over to bobby bobby what are your thoughts wait before you get to Bobby, I need to discuss things between me and you. Because I was going to put this in after, but I have other points that I want to make about Bobby's discussion. I wanted to air this out now because this is going to be a long, long-winded rant for Matt Mascari on the Matt Mascari portion of the Playconomics podcast. The PS5 handheld is the single worst announcement ever but i know what bobby is going to say and i'm playing this before bobby talks he's gonna say it looks awesome he's objectively wrong he is sony fanboying for this handheld it looks it's so frustrating why on earth would they do this why would they take such high quality games that you work such long hours to make to develop to create and cheapen them with a handheld experience triple a games like final fantasy 16 spider-man marathon metal gear solid are not meant to be on a handheld unless they are purposefully developed with the handheld in mind it cannot be an add-on product. The handheld version of these games need to be a dedicated to handheld product. And I don't understand why we're doing this. It's just making it more difficult for them to develop games because they need... And I understand that it's cloud streaming and that there should technically be no difference... And you're right. There might not be any difference in performance. They're not the, the experience of the game might be almost identical if you just look at the game. But the feeling, the feeling of playing that game 
is gonna just be so different than if you had a real dual sense dual sense controller in your hand if you didn't have that eight inch monitor in between the two halves of the dual sense controller it would just it would be better and for anyone that debates this topic i want you to think back and if you have a nintendo switch i want you to think back to the last real mainline switch title that you played and tell me why you played it on a pro controller because i guarantee you did i play smash on a pro controller i play i played zelda on a pro controller i played pokemon even pokemon i was playing on a pro controller because it feels better it is a better gaming experience to put yourself on a computer or uh, in front of a TV with a controller. There, nothing beats it. The handheld piece of it is, I can't argue that having a handheld video game is nice. You could take it anywhere, take it on the train, take it on the bus, take it on the plane, sit in your office, sit in a beanbag, anywhere you want to game, you can game with a handheld system. And I completely understand that. But that's not what we're going to get from the PS, from project q it's just not it requires you to already have a ps5 this is a add-on purchase the nintendo switch's strength is that it's not an additional purchase to make it a handheld it is designed all of the games are designed with handheld mode in mind and to have a almost similar experience and they still can't do it they developed every game knowing that some people are going to dedicatedly play this on a handheld and they have the nintendo switch Lite that is only a handheld and there are still drops in quality when you switch from docked to handheld mode and you're going to get the exact same feeling with the project cues from sony i don't like it I'm so happy to be wrong about this product, but I'm just so confused as to why Sony does this right now and why they're building up some type of ecosystem with the PlayStation 5 generation. And I have some thoughts on what they're going to do, but I want to I want to let Bobby talk. I want to get his input on the Sony state of the Sony showcase. And I'll give my full thoughts. I'll touch on a couple things that he discusses. And I'll also get to a very, very important where are we going with gaming that I took from this showcase. Complete aside, before I forget it, I love the earbuds. I'm totally going to get the earbuds. I don't know why other companies haven't done it. I'm sure it's more difficult than a dedicated headset. But there are some times where I'm playing games and I don't want to have the big clunky headset. I'm not communicating to anybody so i don't need the headset but i want to enjoy the full audio up in my face and i think these earbuds are going to deliver i'm extremely hyped about the earbuds but for real this time bobby get into it welcome back to another segment of bobby's black site and uh the sonic fans the xbox fans you shot your shot you miss you even found a way to sabotage the Sony PlayStation Showcase. And that's what we're here to talk about today. And I'm sure Matt 
We'll splice this into the episode somewhere incriminating. And next week I will be back possibly in studio. Who knows? Not me. We'll see. My thoughts on the PlayStation Showcase. I'm going to try to just keep all of the unrelenting, seething tidal waves of rage just mm, bottled up inside because this was so far from what we needed it to be, it is not even funny. Okay, it's going to be a little shorter segment. Three standout things to me that I thought were cool and the rest was basically meh. Like this was just a long state of play. We got two first party studio games. We got Haven and Firewalk cool and the new ip they showed fine but any of the other big pop moments throughout the show were third party kind of and it, it it just felt lackluster it felt flat closing with spider-man 2 Let, let's start with what they close let's start with spider-man 2 looks cool uh the venom suit awesome uh feels very you know big uncharted over the top spider-man especially when he's in the river there i didn't need to see you know, what felt like 20 minutes of gameplay. I didn't. I'm already on board for this game. I think they could have just, you know, given us a release date, which they didn't. No idea why that didn't happen. <sighs> and it just, it rings hollow because it's, it's either none of the studios are ready to show something, and when they are, we're going to get this big, exciting tidal wave of announcements, or they are just really unsure about what they have to show to the people, which is a little unnerving. Like, this was Sony's chance to really make a splash, and, you know, they come out and they do the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake trailer, which, by the way, I, the minute they showed the ants crawling, I was like, ah, oh, this, this, this isn't Metal Gear Solid. That is such a Kojima-ass shot, even though it's not Kojima, it's his thing, right? Like, the ants crawling and then Snake. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, I think that's a Delta symbol, I think. You can correct me if I'm wrong, you nerds in the comments. Um, but it's Snake Eater, it's cool, it's new, it's awesome, great. But it's multi-platform? It's, okay, I guess, fine. Uh, Alan Wake 2 looks horrific, like, scary beyond words. Also multi-platform? Not so fun. Um... Yeah, that the, the sequel to Journey that's not a sequel to Journey, I, I was, I'm all on board for. I already forgot the name, but like, I, the minute I saw it, I was like, oh, this, this is Journey. This is Journey 2. Um, great. Great. Is it an exclusive? I don't know. There was a lot of, there was a lot of talking out of both sides of the mouth. And what they showed was cool. Don't get me wrong. This, this was, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say this was the worst showcase of all time. It was definitely very Capcom and Square Enix heavy. Final Fantasy 16 reminder was very cool. Game looks awesome. Can't wait to play it. But it's like, where was Naughty Dog? Where was Sucker Punch? Where was Mega Molecule? Where was, I don't know, who hasn't gone in a while? Bend. <laughs> I don't know. If you guys know where they were, let me know down in the comments. Uh, Marathon, new Bungie IP, that's great. Maybe that'll be cool. It'll also be multi-platform. So it's like, Sony, what the hell happened here? Like, I, I want to know, Jim, because Jim Ryan coming out to ease the investors, you know, worries and the consumer worries by saying, hey, we here's the, the Sony handheld, which looks awesome, by the way. It looks way better than the Steam Deck, right? It looks exactly like what you'd think it would be. It's like a controller split in half with the screen in the middle. I love that. The earbuds, whatever, I already have the pulse, but, like, that's, that's, that's what you came out to show us? 
I don't know, C plus conference. This they 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 missed big here, right? Like they they missed in a huge huge way. I don't know. I don't know what the hell everybody's doing. Nintendo's over here releasing Tears of the Kingdom that sells 10 million copies in three minutes, and you know, at least Sony's got the the Cat Quest to show people. Ah, it would have been so easy to just do this right. It would have been so easy to just do this right. I digress. Matt, back to you. Okay. So you have now just heard Bobby's thoughts about it. And I want you to take everything he said, and I want you to pay attention to two exact points that I'm going to point out for you. And the first being is about the lacklusterness of this showcase. He gave it a C plus. I agree. I think it's somewhere between the 60, if it was on a on a scale of one to 10, I'm thinking somewhere between a six and a seven. Anywhere on that scale is fine with me. So I guess I rated it a little lower than Bobby, but still six to seven. It was fine. It didn't blow anybody out of the water. It didn't under deliver where I'm like, this was bad for Sony to do this but it certainly didn't deliver anything that I'm super hyped about. But we saw a very lack of first-party exclusives and big-name first-party exclusives at this showcase. And Bobby's point is they either have nothing to show or they're not confident in what they're showing. And I think it is completely and wholeheartedly the former. These studios have nothing to show because, and let me be very, very clear about this. I don't think it's because they're not doing anything and they're not currently working on anything, but I've been trying to drive this point home on the podcast for so, so long, but creating games and specifically creating good games is taking way longer to produce and they're being produced at such high risk that if Sony not showing anything until it's completely greenlit, until all areas of Sony QA has said, yes, this is the product we're moving forward with, and this we have a clear vision that this is 100% what they're going to get. We're not going to make any changes. We have a decent timeline. We can release just about when they're getting it, for these major, I'm talking about the Wolverines, I'm talking about the Spider-Man, I'm talking about the um, Last of Us type, the God of War type content, Horizon type content that we need them to release with a release date. Not necessarily the firm May 2022, but we need a firm, this is coming in 2024, this is coming in 2025, and then we'll get details later on. There's so much riding on that announcement that they cannot risk a bad announcement. And they're in Sony is in such a strong place right now where a C to C plus showcase doesn't hurt them. It doesn't. We just need content to kill the time until the product, the projects that we want and that we know they're developing, have something to show. We will eventually get the bangers from Sony, and they've earned that faith at this point. They've earned the faith that during this generation of the PS5, we will get good content. 
But the question is when, and Sony is currently unsure of when that we are going to be able to get these, and they're not going to release a trailer like Elder Scrolls 6 with a five to six year lead time on the release date where they're, I think the, uh, it got shown in like 2018 with a 2024 release date. It was just like Elder, Elder Scrolls 6, 2024. That would be a mistake for Sony because that just goes into the Sony has no games. Sony has no games. It would get killed if they tried to do that. And in my personal belief, Sony is better off doing a C plus job on these showcases on on what they're delivering until they can balance it out with the A plus material. And I don't, obviously I don't like it, but I think it's just the world that we live in with the length of time that it needs, that we need to use to develop these games. There's going to be lulls and there's going to be a lot of lulls. Now keep that in mind. I want you to be in the time frame of it takes an incredibly long time to develop first party exclusives. And I want to call back a quote that we discussed earlier on this podcast. I think it was from Paul Tassi and Forbes, but Sony has claimed during this whole ABK Microsoft acquisition discussion that their first party exclusives don't make them the same amount of money as their third their games that go third party and release on other studio or on other platforms. So now we have incredibly long time to develop and they're not really revenue generating. So how do you sustain that business model? How do you sustain the business model of these games take incredible resources and incredible amounts of time? but don't generate the profit that we want to. And I want to call back to what Bobby had, the face Bobby had made when he talked about um, Marathon, Metal Gear, and how they're not exclusive. The answer to the long content drought and first-party games not providing you with the revenue that you want is that you release games on PC, Xbox, and Nintendo. So Bobby saying ew to Metal Gear Solid and Alan Wake not being console exclusive is the exact reaction that I was expecting, and it was the exact reaction that would cost Sony money. Sony knows the position that it's in, and it needs cash flow to be able to fund the good games that will come eventually through the PS5's lifetime, and to sell consoles at the beginning of the generation. The main focus of the first-party IP for Sony is to keep people in the content ecosystem and to get them to buy the console next generation. I would personally be surprised if we see four new first-party bangers games in the criteria of a excuse me games in the criteria of horizon forbidden west god of war the last of us um what i'm expecting from spider-man 2 we're gonna get between three and four of those before the end of the ps5 life cycle and then we're gonna start seeing the ones that are going to be console launches with the PS6 or whatever project they do. 
So what you're asking yourself now is if we're only going to get three to four story-driven Sony games, what are we going to get in the meantime? And you saw it during the showcase. You're going to get IP that are guaranteed bangers. Metal Gear Solid is going to sell. Alan Wake, going to sell. Marathon, live service. We are going to start to see them switch existing IP and leverage the acquisitions they've been making, specifically Bungie in this case, to fund live service games that are monumental cash cows so that they can keep the cash flow going to fund their first-party projects that keep the Sony ecosystem the Sony ecosystem because Sony without exclusives is just any other console. There's a reason why Sony there is an intrinsic value to exclusives and it's to get people in your ecosystem and they need those. Sony's big everything about Sony focuses on the big narrative blockbuster game releases. And those aren't going anywhere, but they're coming at much longer distances and they're coming few and far between at this point and they need something to bide the time and they need something to keep you in the ecosystem they need you to keep logging on to your playstation 5 so that when the new game comes out you know about it and you're playing it and what better way to do that than a live service game like marathon Sony knows that the days of the one to three years in between first-party IP bangers is gone. And gamers need something to keep them into that Sony ecosystem. They need to be able to ship their next set of consoles. And the two ways that they're going to do that are exactly what we saw in this showcase. Live service video games and doubling down on PlayStation Plus. We saw it coming. We knew it was gonna, it needed to get there because the subscription model and the live service games are too strong. You can't beat them. There's no getting around them. You need them. And all Sony has done over the last two years is acquisitions to be able to transition IP into live service games and to bolster content that's gonna be on PlayStation Plus. I think in the next year or two, we're going to start seeing a lot of games focus into that PlayStation Plus library, and they're really going to start leveraging getting people into that ecosystem as well as these live service games. I don't necessarily know if we're going to get the Game Pass model where first-party games are free to play, but I really think this showcase proves to me that Sony is, for the long haul, trying to get you into this ecosystem. And with that being said, I wanted to bring up something that I was alluding to in the law, in the handheld portion of this episode. I think what I'm seeing from Sony and that I mentioned a little bit in the last episode is that we're going to have an extremely long PS5 life cycle. And the reason I'm saying this is because we're looking at live service games. We're looking at subscription models. We're looking at handhelds. We're looking at VR. For the PlayStation 5, Sony is building out a full suite of ways for you to experience this generation. 
and there's no way they let it go. If we go by the PS4 life cycle, we are halfway through the PS5's lifespan before a new console comes out, and they're just putting out tertiary products. They haven't, they haven't released Project Q yet. PSVR 2 just got released a couple months ago. They are building this lifestyle ecosystem for Sony to keep you engaged because they know that this, the PS5 lifespan is going to be long because they're going to try to get a couple more first-party bangers listed before the PS6 comes out, and they have to redo that cycle. They have to make another God of War. They have to make another Horizon. They have to make another Last of Us. They have to make another Spider-Man. They need time to develop these, and because of that, they need to extend the runway of PS5, and the best way to do that is to give you unique ways to experience their existing IP, i.e. the handheld, i.e. PSVR 2. That's where I think video games are going, and that's where I think personally Sony has told us they're going in this showcase. But I want to know from you. What did you get out of the showcase? Did you think it was a 6 to 7 out of 10? Or did you think it was a 2 out of 10? A 10 out of 10? And do you know where you can tell me? You can tell me on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Facebook. Not Facebook. I always say Facebook. It's never Facebook. YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, Playgonomics is playing. Join us in the Discord. Let us know. We are potentially doing a discord gaming night whether or not it be a little bit of DD, a little bit of video games who knows but it's coming up very soon and you're not going to want to miss it because we are going to get to shit on bobby in real time playing a video game follow us on instagram give us a like on tiktok interact with us let us know what you think about the show sony showcase remember